So good good morning, uh, everybody who is here. Uh, it's it's Mother's Day. I hope all the mums got to do the things they wanted to do this morning, and um, uh, a big um, hello and blessing and love to all the mothers in our community. Um, I know that Mother's Day can be a challenging day for some people, uh, but it, but it is also a day where we can celebrate how great we um, think mums are. And uh, I know that I love my mum, uh, and um, so I hope that she's having a good day as well. I think some of you probably saw my somewhat contentious advertisement for today's service. Uh, it included the words, Our Mother in Heaven, Hallowed Be Your Name. And um, so I guess with that in mind, I am going to talk about something that will uh, probably freak some people out, but hopefully it'll be all right, because I think that uh, we have been a bit robbed of uh, our understanding of what God is like by having a really male-dominant, male-centric picture of God throughout history. Uh, I think that the masculine imagery of God that we see throughout history reflects the patriarchal societies that bore them. So uh, believers who were wanting to establish that God was supremely authoritative, uh, for them, it wasn't surprising that they used titles like king and lord and master when speaking of God, because these were the monikers and uh, titles that were given to the rulers and people in authority and people who had power uh, in their own era. Because uh, ancient cultures venerated men over women. Uh, so it wasn't just that they, uh, they, they venerated masculine attributes, that they, they literally just thought that men were more important, more powerful, more... Uh, reasonable uh, and uh, in every way superior to women. So it comes as no surprise that when they tried to elevate the status of God, they uh, overly emphasized God as a man, as opposed to uh, God being made, uh, rather that humanity was made in the image of God, both male and female. Uh, so even though we, we, we have that, we have then largely uh, perceived God in man's image. I think that we, sadly, are much more comfortable with a portrait of a vengeful, wrathful, angry, violent God than we are with a picture of God as a mother. Um, even if the loving and comforting and merciful and creating nature of a mother God is far more consistent with God's nature than we find in the violent uh, judgmental, aggressive, vengeful picture of God that comes out of many pulpits and many of church tra traditions. For some people, and often men, um, we want to see God as the ultimate manly man who can take out anyone that wants to pick on him. He can beat up anyone that wants to defy him. Certainly this was the ancient Near Eastern world's idea of God was that they wanted God to be the most strong. Uh, in order to be the most strong, he had to be masculine. He had to be a warrior God. Uh, but honestly, this picture of God reflects more of a pagan worldview than it does of a Christian worldview. So I'll ask you a few questions. Does the language of mother God make you feel nervous? Does it make you feel like you might have uh, arrived in the, the wrong church service today? Um, why is it that we are uncomfortable with the image of a fiercely nurturing, courageously loving, and mercifully uh, gentle mother God? And I know some people will say, well, we have God the Father, and we have Jesus the Son, who is also male, and we have the Holy Spirit, uh, and there is no mother God. Uh, 
so they think that the idea of God uh, expressing uh, motherly attributes and feminine attributes is somehow a pagan idea, uh, but that's not entirely true. And so I want to look at the Bible a little bit today and also dig into some church history just to show that the idea of uh, Mother God is not pagan uh, and that it is something that we can actually uh, benefit from embracing in our faith. So first and foremost, I want to say God, God's actually not a man or a woman. Uh, God is, is a spirit, is what Jesus says in John uh, 4.24. He just says God is a spirit. And when Jesus prays to God as father, or more correctly, the, the term Abba there is more like daddy, he's expressing an intimacy of relationship and describing the nature of his connection to God. He's not making a theological statement about God's gender. Um, there is no discerning Christian that I'm aware of that actually believes God is a biological human sitting on a throne in heaven somewhere. Uh, if we look closely at the Bible and church history, we find lots of examples where God is represented as a mother. And, it, and he, um, this is done so that it can reflect to us something about God's character that we don't necessarily see when we picture God exclusively as a man and as a father. Even in the Catholic Catechism, in, in what is it, number 238, established by Pope John Paul, this was only in 1992, it says these words. It says, God's parental tenderness can also be expressed by the image of motherhood, which emphasizes God's eminence, the intimacy between creator and creature. It goes on to say, we ought therefore to recall that, God's, that God transcends the human distinction between the sexes. He is neither man nor woman. He is God. This is one of the most patriarchal institutions on the earth and one of the big voices for Christian faith in the world. And they are very, very explicit and clear in their theology that God is neither man nor woman, that he is God. Uh, the Bible itself goes to a huge uh, extent in, in explaining and describing God uh, as a mother giving birth and God as a breastfeeding um, mother and God nurturing her creation. In the book of Job, uh, it talks about the sea leaping out of God's womb. And then later on, it talks about ice and frost, uh, the frost of heaven coming from the womb of God. Uh, in Genesis 14, we see that God, uh, when it describes God as the maker of the heavens and the earth, this word maker is the same word that's used in Genesis 4 when Eve is saying, I brought forth Cain. So it's saying uh, in the same way that Eve gives birth as a mother, God gives birth as the maker of the heavens and the earth. In Deuteronomy 32, 18, uh, it says, you deserted the rock who bore you. You forgot the God who gave you birth. See, here we have a masculine idea uh, of God being a rock, uh, but also a feminine idea, a motherly idea of God giving birth to uh, creation and to people. It's a curious thing, actually, in the Old Testament in particular, uh, even when it's talking about God as a mother, it still, use a, it still uses masculine pronouns. It's kind of a weird one. So you end up with this picture where God is father and mother and male and female in the context of the same verses. In Isaiah 66, 13, it says, As a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you. In Psalms 90 and verse 2, it says, Before the mountains were born, or you brought forth from the earth and the world. Hosea 11, this is a really beautiful verse in verse 3 and 4. It says, It was I who taught Ephraim to walk, taking them by the arms, but they did not realize it was I who healed them. 
I led them with cords of human kindness. With ties of love, I lifted the yoke from their neck and bent down to feed them. This idea of cords of love was literally in the Israelite culture. They would have like marionette strings and they would help a child to walk. It was something a mother would do to teach their child. So it's another picture here of God as a mother um, feeding and teaching and, and, and supporting and looking after his child Ephraim or Israel. In Isaiah 49, it likens God to a mother that has compassion uh, for the child at her breast. And the Bible also uses language to describe God as a mother bear and as a mother bird and a mother hen in particular on numerous occasions, uh, even a midwife. Uh, and then in the church history, uh, this is the idea that God has to be super masculine and powerful, even though this is something that permeated all of the, um, the, the Old Testament narrative. We also have these pictures of God as a mother very strongly through the Old Testament and in the New Testament. But also in church history, we find this. In the patristic and medieval periods, we have lots of theologians, including Ambrose and Chrysostom and Origen, Irenaeus, Augustine, who describe God in maternal terms. But if you listen to that, that list of uh, theologians that I just gave you, you'll see they're all men. Uh, see, one of the most damaging consequences of patriarchal history is that it has denigrated the role of women and promoted men as being intellectually and theologically superior. Uh, we have pictured God almost exclusively in modern times as a man. Uh, and in history, that has also meant that men have been given preeminence theologically and in society. And this has led to thousands of years of testosterone-driven theology that has diminished with them, women, but also heavily focused on the idea that God has absolute power and that God is immutable, which means that he never changes uh, and that he is impassive, uh, which means that he has no emotion and no passion. Uh, and these are concepts that I, I, you know, like especially that last one, the idea that God is impassive, I just reject that. God is deeply emotional and deeply feeling um, and and. And we need to recognize that. And that is a more maternal aspect of God. Now, a lot of the church fathers that I listed a second ago believed really profoundly sexist stuff. Uh, but even despite that, they were able to uh, recognize that God had many maternal aspects, uh, that has many maternal aspects in his nature and character that they wrote about. Uh, Clement of Alexandria, this is in... Um, what is it, a couple of hundred years after Christ's death, uh, he wrote these two things that I think are really uh, a beautiful picture of God uh, in a motherly kind of way. He says, this is our nourishment, the milk flowing from the Father, by which alone we little ones are fed. Therefore, we fly trustfully to the care-banishing breast of God the Father. So there it is again. We have this feminine uh, image and this masculine image all wrapped up in the same sentence. The breast that is the word, who is the only one who can truly bestow on us the milk of love. Only those who nurse at the breast are blessed. Little ones who seek the word, the craved for milk is given from the father's breasts of love for man. And he says this, the word, speaking of Christ, the word is everything to his little ones, both father and mother. God himself is love and out of love to us became feminine. In his ineffable essence, he is father. In his compassion to us, he became mother. And I could pull out lots of other verses there, uh, lots of other church 
um, theologians in history. Uh, but I thought that those those words from uh, Clement of Alexandria were, were particularly poignant. Um, I'll, I'll give you. Uh, I'll read you a verse from Isaiah. This is from Isaiah 46.3. It says, Listen to me, you descendants of Jacob, all the remnant of the people of Israel, you whom I have upheld since your birth and have carried since you were born. So again, it's a picture of God uh, giving birth to humanity, to his, his people, the descendants of Jacob, and then carrying them since they were born. And when we read through Martin Luther, so this is now Reformation, fast forward a little bit in, in history. Uh, Martin Luther wrote in his commentary about this verse, he says, God cares for us with an everlasting maternal heart and feeling. Now, just to be really clear, I haven't raised any of these biblical or historical examples because I'm trying to argue that God is either a man or a woman uh, in a biological sense. God is spirit. Uh, the reason that I want to talk about this today is because it's Mother's Day, uh, but also because I think at times it can be helpful for us to view God as a father uh, and to relate to God as a father. Uh, but it can also be helpful at times to relate to God as a mother. And it's not heresy to do that. All through scripture, we find uh, Israel and then the, the early church relating to God as mother as, as well as father. And it feels weird to us because it's not something that we've really been exposed to or something that we um, have necessarily been taught. In, in my research for today, there are some really angry kind of more reformed theologians who think that, that what I'm saying would be very, very heretical. But I want to tell you, on the balance of church history, it's not. God is neither mother nor father nor male nor female. He is spirit. But to relate to God as father and as mother are both biblically and historically reasonable and orthodox. Here is the central truth of the gospel. God loves you. She loves you as a mother loves her child and she wants to nurture you, protect you and hold you close. And changing the pronouns does not in any way undermine God's nature in the slightest bit. If seeing God as a mother helps you to comprehend and experience the love of God, then go for it. And if picturing God as a mother allows you to more easily connect uh, with the presence and peace of God, then that is a fantastic, beautiful thing. See, my experience as a child and as an adult has been profoundly blessed because I have always known that my mother and my mum loves me. And to believe otherwise has never even occurred to me. She's always loved me and she will always love me. And there is nothing I could do to take away that love. She bore me in her womb and she fed me at her breast and she carried me in her arms and then in her heart and in her prayers. And she has bled and cried and sacrificed for me in ways that I can't even fathom. And now as a husband and as a father, I get to see this mother-child relationship from uh, a different perspective and with different eyes as I look to how my wife loves our children, how she bore them in her womb and how she feed, fed them at her breast and how she carried them in her arms and in her heart and in her prayers even now how she daily bleeds and cries and sacrifices for them, even in ways that I can't imagine and fathom. The mothers in my life are a beautiful example of the love and the grace and the mercy 
and the compassion and strength and wisdom and kindness of God. And this is exactly why we should be able to recognize and see God as a mother. Because my mother's selfless love has been a testimony of God's love for my entire life. And I am grateful for her that she has witnessed uh, to me and testified to me of God's love in her relationship with me. Now, I know that I've been very blessed, uh, but I also know that a lot of mothers are not saints. And I'm not saying the things that I just said to put crazy, unhelpful expectations or burdens on any of the mums that are listening to this. There were days when the mothers in my life have struggled and made mistakes. Um, We are all made in God's image, male and female, but we are not perfect. Uh, We all need grace and we all need uh, forgiveness. But I am certain that we could all benefit from being more motherly towards one another, uh, even towards ourselves. So I am grateful on Mother's Day uh, for the mothers in our community and the way that they um, testify uh, to God's love and they help me to understand God better. So what I want us to do now is uh, just to break into, there's only a uh, you know, uh, a small group of us here today. We'll break maybe into two groups. And I'd just like us to have a, a little conversation about this uh, and to say, you know, are you comfortable with the idea as God as a mother? Uh, yes, no, why? Uh, and what unique attributes of God's nature can we perhaps understand better by framing God uh, in the role of a mother as opposed to uh, a father? Uh, 